0: You're listening to Handy Talks, a food media company. Welcome back to Handy Talks. We are with a celebrity chef, the iconic uh, chef uh, Vicky Ratnani. Uh, he's been a showman all his life. Be it in his kitchen, be it in his restaurant, be it on the shows, and now on reality show, he's always entertained his audience with his love for food. He connects with them, and of course, his recipes have always uh, amazed us, and uh, they have been some of our favorites. So, welcome, sir. Welcome to Handiology.
1: You are listening to Handi Talks, a food media company. Thank you so much and uh, it's great to be here on your show and uh, and got in touch and uh, I'm really happy that this is happening.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much, sir. In fact, uh, it's it's, it's crazy that we are doing this uh, on Zoom, but I think that also brings uh, Steph closer to us to Hyderabad, uh, where we are doing our show from. Chef Vicky Ratnani has uh, kept himself very busy, of course, uh, despite the pandemic. He's been always there on OTT platforms, on his YouTube. He's busy with his peak easy Cloud Kitchen, and he's also judging a reality show on Z, Chef versus Fridge, which is actually doing very well, where the fridge is the boss. And of course, as a co-boss, or the co, um, the actual boss, uh, who is Chef Vicky Ratnani there. I want to tell the audience what you told on a TEDx talk, that... Uh, why be a cook when you could be a chef so I want to ask you chef when was this moment for you when you thought you uh, I we have read every day that you always loved food when was the transformation when you decided you want to be a chef uh,
1: you know I always loved eating food okay long before so I think the love of food was always there from when I was very young I used to eat everyone's stiffens in school so I developed a, a a regional palate when I was very young um I mean, I, we were at home, we never ate beef or pork, so um, I started uh, trying out things, you know, with my friends and, uh, you know, we had different communities, different religions, so I think the love and the the intrigue and the, uh, the desire to learn more or eat more uh, started at a very young age. And, uh, you know, I was looking for a career path. I always loved going to hotels, restaurants. We lived, in a, we lived in a joint family, so food was always uh, a part of the center stage, you know, that everybody, I mean, you know, the only place where we used to connect was at the table or while we used to eat. So food has always been around. And uh, then I was kind of looking for a, a career path uh, to do something. I didn't want to get into my dad's business. And... Uh, I had a very dear friend, I mean, I have a very dear friend whose mother used to work in hotels and his sister was a student in in IHM Mumbai and that's how they actually counselled me into um, about, you know, getting into the hotel industry or into a new career path because, you know, it was that's when the hotel started booming. Uh, you know, F&B was going through a whole. This was way before the FNB boom started, and literally in those days, I was looked down upon. That you know, what are you going to do in, uh, in the hotel industry? You know, you don't know anyone. Uh, what do you want to become, a cook or a waiter or what? You know, so because uh, the because the chef, what the chef's image, or how important a chef is to a business or it is an independent career and life on its own, it was not perceived the same way. So, you know, uh, it was getting into something which is very labor intensive, uh, back of the house, you know, pressured life, not enough money. So, I mean, people were wondering that why did you think of that we came from a business Background, but then uh, when I got into hotel school, I actually realized that in order to learn something very different, uh, cooking is a skill. It's an art, and here I was getting a chance to to learn a completely new life, a whole new skill set, a whole new I would say evolution. Um, so I guess I was I was. Um, it was a tough decision but then when I got into college I began to realize that I was inclined towards cooking I didn't like housekeeping I didn't like making beds I didn't want to stand in front of a reception and uh, and welcome guests um, anyone could do that so what was really what would be the real outcome of this um, this this move in my career or or, or a step into a whole new life, was to do something which I would learn and come out of. Without, I mean, and sorry, the that something I would learn and come out of, which would make me a completely different person. Which would make me um, a different uh, um, professional, a different. Uh, a specialized person, uh, you know, uh, a person who's getting into a creative field, uh, a a person is getting into a world of food, which was another universe by itself. So, So I think that's how it all started
0: about what you said to me just now about how it was always back of uh, back and back end operation cooking was back end operation chef was never even they didn't even come out like they do now and meet the guests and uh, uh, from then to now uh, of course in between there was a small phase when actually cooks uh, some of the chefs started coming on tv shows and uh, that, that's also the time you were seen and we we knew about you and then uh, also going and in later stages now it's like we are the, you are, we see you on reality shows there's judging happening so from then to now you've seen it all so what do you think about the change good bad ugly side of it
1: well i think more than a change it's a whole uh, evolution of 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 Food and cooking and career paths and industries and various archives or various verticals what a chef can work with. You know, he could be a private chef in someone's house. He could be um one second
0: one second. I think Chef Yakri Ratnani's interview cannot can be incomplete without a cooking of the it's, a, it's it's a pressure
1: cooker. <laughs> it's a pressure cooker, so it's okay.
0: I'm surrounded by food. Yeah. yeah, And I
1: can really smell a really nice dal cooking in the pressure cooker.
0: Yeah, so we can at least hear it. So cannot, We cannot smell it. So, yes, sir, please continue. I'm sorry for the disturbance. So, you were talking about the change or rather how you perceive it.
1: So, now a person who would like to become a chef could work as a... doesn't need to join a restaurant or hotel, you know. He could join. Um, um, he could join uh, a private home and become a private chef. He could become a content creator if he wants to. Show. Like so many famous people have their own. They are not like trained chefs, but also trained chefs have started their own YouTube channels. Have become content creators. Um, you could also work as a consultant to hotels and restaurants. You can work as a consultant to a nutrition. Uh, you could uh, do television shows. You could be a, a food blogger. You can you can um, work on the NPD, on which is new product development for various multilateral companies. Um, you can get into the whole tech space with your food knowledge as well. So I think uh, it's not just about Going into a restaurant or a hotel kitchen and working behind, working behind a a stove, you know. So I think, um, I think there's a there's been a, a a massive transformation in the job description, job specification, and accountability and responsibilities of of chefs as well. Yeah.
0: So what have been your highs and lows of being a chef all these years? I mean, you have seen the time when actually it is not an easy life for chef. Uh, yes, there are. Well, you know,
1: see, I'll, t- I'll tell you, it, it might, it might, it might, uh, uh, you could call it, I mean, yeah, you, you could call it a low. I think when, what, your, what what do we say are highs and lows in anyone's life or profession is either when uh, there is a, a mental, physical spiritual or financial deficiency in anyone's life and that's the only time when you go low okay so you could go low uh, when you are yeah you know, when when you are your mind and body is not kind of coordinated with what you're doing uh, you're not happy with what you are doing sometimes you doubt whether uh, when will this gonna give me uh, when is it gonna pay back when is it going to When am I going to do better? When am I going to, uh, will I be able to support my life, my lifestyle and my family and my goals with it? So, those are those, it's like any, it's like any career in anyone's life uh, that, uh, you know, you what input is equal to output. You know, I believe in that. How much ever you put into your, invest in yourself in terms of time and knowledge and reading and traveling and um, is equal to output. You know, so I feel that uh, when I look at any person, I actually uh, look at a person and say that, okay, he's done. He's got all this. He's that. It's not because it was given to him on a plate because he, he actually made, uh, he actually made uh, an effort. He applied himself. He tried to be a game changer. It's like you know, like how you have stories out there. It's theory, you know. Yes. You know the law, the diminishing returns, where you know you are you are going up in in, in life, where first your it's roti kapra or makaan, and then it's and ultimately it's actualization and nirvana. Uh, so, I feel that uh, the highs, uh, it's a simple uh, it's a simple thing whenever you. You have kind of made if you made a goal, or if you have made, um, or 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 you get gratification in terms of of love from the people. People start, uh, you know. I'm not talking about social media at all. I'm just talking about the gratification what you get from people from your for for what you do in life. I think that's a very big high. I think um, then of course able to su- or able to support your your family, sending your daughter or your children to a good school, you know, I think the quality of life will also uh, is also one of the highs in life as well. It doesn't have to be ostentatious, but the the happiness factor which you get while you're doing your work is actually another high in in, in everyone's life.
0: So, uh, I would, uh, since you have termed it even in a more spiritual sense, let me also come back to the material part of it. Uh, where, when you actually also, yes, there are a lot of moments when probably we all love you. you you're receiving, you're continuing to receive love from your audience, from your uh, people who, who watch your shows. So that's it. definitely, I think you are in this space. But there was a moment when you actually also served one of the greatest leaders uh, the world has seen, Nelson Mandela. So, uh, would you be able to quickly tell us uh, before we go on to the next uh, part of our interview about your? I think,
1: uh, I think Nelson Mandela. Uh, you know, he was uh, he was sailing on the QE2 for three days, and um, he was actually promoting his charity. Nobody was allowed to see him. Uh, Me and my chef were appointed for feeding him because, you know, being from South Africa, uh, he was inclined more towards Asian food, a little spicy. So, my chef thought that let me put, so I was a very junior cook at that time. So, I was very good with my creative Indian food and a lot of other international food as well. And my sous chef was from Thailand, uh, who did a lot of Chinese and Malaysian and other Pan-Asian food. So, my chef thought it would be a really good combination by putting them together. So, the food used to go out. It used to go out to a point that it was picked up because nobody knew where he was staying in the ship. It was heavy security. There were like about 80 commandos who had come. Who had... 80 commandos who had come. And... Uh, uh, nobody knew where the food was going I.S. security. so we didn't get any complaints uh, we didn't get any complaints the, uh, about about the food so we thought no complaint is is Good is use. the be- is, a, is the best compliment because you know Kuch hai, they have nobody's told us but on the last day I was summoned outside I was called my uh, my chef comes running in my Fme actually my hotel manager comes running to my chef. And my chef says, listen, you better go into the lobby because uh, uh, the hotel manager and the captain want to meet you. So I had no clue, you know, why they must have called or you know. Because that time you're working, you don't really realize what's happening, what's not happening. You just want to kind of uh, get done with it. And uh, I went into the lobby and there was this, you know, there was the hotel manager, there was the chief engineer, there was a, the top ship's, ship's management were there. And the chef's, uh, the captain said, chef, come and stand here right next to me. He, I said, what happened? To he said, just wait, don't worry, just come here. He said, he told me you're in trouble. I said, so I mean, the captain telling you you're in trouble, that means you must be in serious trouble. And suddenly, a minute later, there was this whole eight-ten 10 bodyguards came, they looked around the thing. And then he walked in oh,
0: wow.
1: and six foot four, almost six foot, yeah. Very, you know, he's a big guy, very big frame, silver hair and, you know, what a persona. It was, it was like, a, I mean, I have goose flesh even when I talk about it, you know. I, I, I mean, that vision of him uh, holding me by my head and, you know, uh, kissing me on my forehead and saying, God bless you, I think one of the best moments of mine of this now is the ship, the people who took care of me. um, We raised a lot of money and, and, and your cooking chef, keep up the good work. And yeah, so, so I mean, that was the, I mean, he didn't even speak that much to the captain. You know, he didn't even speak too much to anyone. So I was kind of became like, I said, wow. And the blue-eyed boy of the ship that, you know, this guy is a cook, he's not even a head chef or something, and uh, Dr. Nelson Mandela comes and actually asks for the cook, and the chef presents him, and so I think um, that was a, I could say that could be one of my high points in my life. Yeah,
0: absolutely, absolutely. So, uh, also speaking about the low points, we have pandemic happening since two years now, almost uh, the second year is almost completing. So, uh, the hotel industry, especially the restaurants have taken a big hit. You have run some restaurants, you have opened a few restaurants and uh, now you're also having your speakeasy cloud kitchen. Uh, What do you think is the next step for the industry? Because, yes, um, I think first, whatever we could salvage from, you have been a restaurant here yourself and you've seen the industry. So,
1: I, I think, you know, the best thing is just to be, to just to wait, you know, till things normalize, um, you know, a lot of the restaurants, uh, you know, I have, I mean, most of my friends are from this industry and I've also been a part of it once upon a time, actively when I used to run restaurants and I completely understand what it takes, uh, you know, where you are making actually absolutely no money.
0: The landlord is not
1: giving you any relief. The government is not done much for you, at all. At all. This, is the only, this is the only country. Um, so I think it's it's they've you know uh, the they have taken a lot of uh, battering in terms of high rents, you know. And also at the same time, as much as you want your staff to pay to pay them, and a lot of the staff in restaurants, good restaurants and hotels make money from tips and, and you know, every and service charge and tips, everything. So, you know, uh, a lot of the the restaurant owners and, and are, a, restaurant, a lot of restaurant owners are actually uh, going under a state of depression because they don't, they, because they don't want their staff to go through all this, okay. They've got landlords who who pay rent. They have staff uh, which they would like to pay, but a lot of them can't pay them. Some of them are paying 10%, some are paying 50%. A lot of the kitchens have have become cloud kitchens. They are doing uh, a lot of delivery. Chefs haven't lost the plot. Uh, You know, you have chefs who who are getting even more creative in in this world. So, I think the the, the down point can have a dual effect on you or it could have an anti-climatic anti uh, issue for you. Uh, you know, it could, uh, either it can make you or break you. you know? So I think it's just that uh, proper advice, counselling, talking to other people and uh, and support is what is needed.
0: So, um, Chef, uh, like you are having a cloud kitchen now, speak easy. I would love to talk about the menu, but before that, how was it working for you as a cloud kitchen? Yes, there are cloud kitchens, there are deliveries happening. Uh, what did you redo as in, uh, you said, the chefs are re, uh, kind of... Uh, uh, got the plot now, as in they just try trying to do uh, the what's what, what works for the current times. So how is it? Uh, maybe from your end, from your point of view, from the point of view of Speakeasy Kitchen, what are you doing? Uh, how is how are you reinventing yourself? And how See, is? See, I'll
1: tell you? you. I I always wanted to to bring Sindhi food onto the food map. I wanted Sindhi food to come out of the closet. Uh, the Sindhi food is doing might be Western, but there is a. Uh, uh, a soul, you know, an Indian soul in the food at the end of the day, because, you know, sometimes you have to use substitutes. At the end of the day, you are using Indian produce. So you really are cooking Indian food, you know. So uh, I feel there is also, uh, there is, has to be a, some kind of sense of adaptive, adaptability and versatility of what you're doing. Uh, as a chef uh you know you uh, you have to at the end of the day you're cooking for the people you know i'm not just cooking for myself so there 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 is a lot of Indian touches uh even to my global dish global dishes now you know like if 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 we like to eat a little spicy food why can't i put ginger and chili and fresh green chilies in a risotto you know it's not going to it's not going to um it's not going to ruin the dish it's just going to be um more compatible to the kind of palettes you have and and you know for me i i hate people i mean it's not that i hate people i don't like if someone orders something on my from my menu and finally has to add any kind of proprietary sauces like you know, Tabasco, chili sauce or you know. So I feel if if you feel that you still wanna eat my food but you want it spicer, it's very simple. Just tell me I'll do that
0: exactly so uh, also that brings me back also to your show where you have a lot of regional produce that you put on your, in your fridge uh, the sh- the reality show chef versus chef versus Fridge,
1: fridge. yeah, yeah, yeah
0: that's an amazing concept and uh, you've been you, you are an entertainer you should also i mean you you have a lot of other options of course we love you as a chef but uh, so uh, how do you how are you finding the show how are you enjoying yourself on the show
1: I think I'm, you know, this is the first time I've I'm, I've done this reality show where I'm actually a judge. And uh, I've grown myself this beard which I'm going to shave soon. So
0: to look a little I just want
1: to. Huh?
0: To look a little uh, fierce.
1: Well, not fierce, but it's just, you know, just a, a change of persona, personality. Yes. yes. Uh, so, see, normally I am cooking. I am my bubbly self in my normal life and in my other shows. But yeah, I I am playing a different part, you know, I am a judge, so I have to come across in a different way and Gaurav Gera, uh, who's um, fantastic, he's a great comedian and he's an actor. So I think there has to be a kind of uh, a yin and yang situation where, you know, he's a a little more fun, I'm a little more strict, but at the same time I'm not an ass. So, you know, (laughs) so that, so it's just uh, playing around a little bit, yeah. So how
0: important is for a chef to be communicative because you've always been that. See, it comes naturally for you. But uh, not every chef is as communicative. But I think in today's world, it's all about interaction. It's all about being able see, to communicate I, your food. Uh, you see, to I, come, Not just see, your I, food, I, but through your words.
1: Yeah, see, the thing is that um, every chef has a way to communicate. He, he might not be savvy at how he presents himself or, 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 you know, talks about his food. And that's when you have uh, agencies and marketing companies who, who deal with restaurants and where the chef uh, can't really market the food himself. Like, I, for me, I don't have that problem. Um, I always, uh, I was always in school also. I used, to, I used to do plays. I used to go on stage. Uh, we had elocution classes in school. So, so, I feel that uh, there is a time and place for everything. I think the chef, um, he, may, he might not be uh, flowering in his vocabulary or, or, uh, or be great in front of the house. But that, uh, it's a thing which is, it, you can always work on it and can be trained, you know. That's no Do big you think thing. that
0: should be that shouldn't that be included in the culinary courses? Wherein you have other courses like an MBA or anything. Communication is an important part of it. So why don't you think in the culinary? I mean, when, when a chef is training to be a chef, or somebody is training to be a chef, shouldn't he be also be taught communication because that that helps him grow in today's world after all.
1: Yeah, but I I feel that yeah that should come in much later. You know, you know, not right. Uh, at the end of the day while you are in in college you have to have communication because uh you're not learning only just cooking and baking you're learning housekeeping you're learning um front office you know so uh every student who goes to a culinary school always comes out with a really good uh, A hotel management school comes out with a really good personality because uh, while you're there in those three or four years while you're studying you are actually being groomed to work in front of the guest all the time. Yes,
0: so it's already there.
1: It's already yeah. there. Yeah.
0: yeah. So there's just a bunch of five, six questions which are simple and fun. And uh, I would love
1: like to ask, are, Yeah,
0: I would love to know about, about your dog though. It's very fierce and it doesn't allow even the ring bell ring to go on. <laughs> no.
1: Your, your boy, I mean your dog... My dog, she's here. Bella. Come, Bella. Come. Come here. Take this. Yeah. Come. She's relaxing. over I should it's
0: a it's a female because it's as it's very protective.
1: <laughs> yeah. So she's right here. Hello. Come here. She's going to come soon. She's just lazing around. It's hot here. Also.
0: <laughs> so yeah, Mumbai has been uh, pretty bad with rains and everything and then now the heat in that time of the year so i these are simple questions um in fact i even wanted to give you one challenge like if your fridge has a mango or lychee and milk and probably something else yeah can you you suggest a nice recipe for us
1: tell me tell me what you want give me the ingredients i'll give you a recipe
0: i just started making the ingredients then i said i was i got a little cold feet thinking what me giving a challenge to you (laughs) so mango lychee and let's say coconut and uh, and some milk yeah, which is always there in the fridge, and uh, maybe some cream. Yes.
1: Oh, that is very easy. So yeah, with the li- so with in with the lychee. Can uh, I say something?
0: Li- maybe that not which is not a sweet, which is not a dessert.
1: Okay, no problem. Yeah. So with the uh, with the with the lychee and the, and and with the lychee. Uh, so I would take a little bit of ginger, garlic, and some green chilies. Take the take the coconut and the lychee uh, and make a paste. Then I'm going to marinate some some chicken or or fish, and I'm going to bake it. So it's almost like a lychee and coconut baked fish.
0: Oh wow! Oh, wow.
1: And it- um, with the mango, uh, I was at a friend's house. Which, it was absolutely fantastic. So what they did was, uh, they had their. Um, so what you do is you you cut the mango, you score the mango, you have the, with the skin on, and you you score it, you know like lengthwise, yeah. and then you make a really like you make a really nice masala um, of of um, of hing, of asafoetida, turmeric, red chili powder, cumin coriander, some salt, some amchur powder, some chopped fresh coriander a little bit of mustard oil and you mix and you make this kind of almost like a rub and then what you do is you take the mango and you kind of you you massage the mango c- completely with this marinade and after that you put you in a piece of foil. Sure,
0: you, you, uh, you, yeah. you, can-
1: you kind of rub it inside the mango completely and you roll you so the mango gets completely with the spices, and then what you do is you 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 take the you take the mango, uh, put in a piece of foil, wrap the foil, and slowly bake the mango in the oven. Oh. And after that, and after that, you you once it's ready, it's, it takes about thirty to forty minutes. Uh, you can actually open it. And you can eat the whole mango with the skin as well. So it's like a spice, spice rubbed baked mango.
0: It, it sounds so delicious. I think that's mouth watering, gearing to it. That's amazing, Chef. Thank you so much for indulging. <laughs> so, uh, Chef, tell me, what's your comfort food? Uh, I'm sure it's desi, but yeah.
1: My comfort Daban? food is, my comfort food is the food we eat at home.
0: Mm-hmm. For me,
1: it's it's, kadi rice, um, uh, my maid, she makes the best mutton biryani, her name is Kohinur, so I love, I like, I could eat her biryani, I like rajma chawal, I like sindhi Kadi. Uh my favourite food is South Indian food, I just love South Indian food.
0: Amazing yeah. chef. So um, what is your, um, okay, I mean what is that one ingredient which is your most favourite ingredient which you try to put it in everything if possible?
1: I like to use ginger and green chilies lot. Hmm.
0: Green chilies, yeah. That also, I mean, we South Indians love our green chilies also. <laughs> we use a lot of them. So, uh, I've seen whenever I see your show, I see some wonderful gadgets around you. I think that makes your kitchen look very amazing and very high tech. So, what's what, what's your favorite gadgets?
1: Well, you know, I always believe that you need a really good a good blender to puree stuff because I like to even when I like to make curries and sauces, I like to. I like the smooth texture, so mm-hmm. uh, a good a good mixer, uh, a, f- a good food processor is very important. And if you like baking, an oven is also really important. Yes. And so, I also like yes, and please. also a, mi- a microplane to grate very finely. Yes, yes.
0: Very simple gadget, <laughs> but very very important. Yes, I know what you mean. So um, I'm asking you one question, which I don't know you. I, please don't uh, say that I don't hate anything, but I would like to know what do you hate about cooking. Which part of cooking do you don't like?
1: The waiting to eat it.
0: <laughs> that's <Yeah>. very... <laughs> that's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> so, and one final thing. Um, uh, well, I also wanted to ask you if there was an embarrassing moment in your key- cooking career where you actually were... Yeah, yeah. Of cooking. course, oh, they,
1: my- of course, they are. I was on the ship and my, my, my work partner played a prank with me and uh, where he mixed sugar inside with the salt and uh, ruined... 200 liters of soup, I remember.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Profound, actually. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jeff Thank you so much. Thank you, man. You all listen to Handy Talks, a food media company. Hope to see you soon with another exciting guest. Until then, stay safe, stay healthy. You all listen to Handy Talks, a food media company.